you know how in like English gardens you would have an ornamental hermit? Sure. Yes. What if you could have like uh, the ornamental her- hermit kingdom? What like as uh, like if there was like a status thing, you just have like a pet North Korea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It, I I feel like international law would not shine down kindly upon you. No, uh, I mean the thing is. is you were before we started articulating a theory about this, right? Which is archival duce. Do you want to do you want to explain that for the, the oh fans? yeah that there's the idea that um you know we install the North Korean operating system that phones home to Pyongyang everything you do, mm-hmm. and that way, that way somewhere on microfilm in the basement of the Rungyang Hotel, uh, will be every action that we ever took as members of this podcast. Yeah, it's like uh, a reference library. Without us library. having to do anything. Yeah, because yeah, right. like, like okay. books have to go to the Library of Congress or whatever. Like this, it's as safe as it can possibly be. It's going to be on physical media. It's going to be like in a bunker. And people always yes. say, like, you know, the, the you know, history is written by the victors. It's not. It's written by the survivors. Who's going to survive? North Korea. Uh, go. We got to give them all of our stuff. Yes. I, um, I don't. I don't. This is now a GK I, I gotta podcast. Say that I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little <laughs> opposed to this plan, frankly. It's it's, it's a workers' state. What could possibly go wrong? Well, uh... <laughs> uh, w- welcome to. Well, there's your problem. Outstanding. A uh, a, a a podcast about Juche with slides. That's right. Um, I'm Justin Rosniak. I'm the person who's talking right now. Um, I, uh, believe in the eternal victory of eternal president Kim Il-sung, uh, my pronouns are he and him. Okay. So. I, I, I am Alice Caldwell-Kelly, uh, at time of recording. I might change that. I don't know. Uh, it's like on a revolutionary name. Uh, my pronouns are she yes. and her. I, I also believe in the workers' party of Korea. <laughs> I absolutely don't. Hi, it's yeah, Liam Anderson. No. Fucking uh, su- wow. subjected to, I, I guess, some sort of either struggle session or whatever it is mm-hmm, I'm doing. Yeah. Coming to you live from my install of Fedora Linux that's fighting me. I... Uh, <laughs> I uh, should have used the North Korean OS. That's what we're talking I about. I yeah, should have. Yeah, exactly. I should have. Uh, this is why I'm a BSD guy. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I, I just, I, I want to like Fedora. Okay, I want to like Fedora, and then it feels like Linus Torvalds himself basically spits in my mouth and says to call him daddy, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's just you know. I should have used I, the I, North Korean one. Or whatever the Chinese brown star thing is. Brown star? I don't know. I don't, what do they call like the that. Chinese OS? Um, Chinese Linux. The only podcast that does its... Bu- Kylin. That's right. The, the most the most long-awaited Guns N' Roses album, Chinese Linux. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, you know, Axl Rose can't hit the same notes, but... Oh, Red Star OS. I went with yeah. Brown Star. Yeah, I was like, where are you getting <laughs> the, the brown famous from? Communist Brown Star. Brown, yeah, exactly. did the Red Brown Alliance. Brown you know? Alliance, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But only for operating systems because what of the uh, philosophies on kernel. Because all programmers are fascists, so of course. That is natural. true. <laughs> that is true. Oh, I'm going to make a nice little orderly operating environment where all of my little assumptions are created. No, fascist. Fascist field, sorry. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> well, right now I'm fucking waiting on them to deliver my hard cider, which they're not doing. Oh uh, well. Uh, you get a hard cider from a university. 
I get hard cider shipped to me from New York because I'm in a cider club. Oh, well. Okay, we'll explore that later. The the, right. the brown like the brown, brown. Yeah, yeah. Brown. The university. Brown. Yeah. Oh, oh, brown. oh. Yeah, I, uh, Maggie, if you're listening, you didn't go to a good school. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what do you see on the screen in front of you? Is the interior of a cooling tower? Oh, it's Brown's fucking UPS. Cool. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, but, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brown University has a lovely campus, and uh, the people, the two people I know who went there, are very sweet and good people. So, it's my favorite of the shitty Ivy League schools. Hmm. All right. Tell me about this collapsed cooling tower that I assume killed lots of people. So, what do you see on the screen in front of you? Is a cooling tower. Uh, with a bunch of debris in it. Mm. Um, that's not supposed to be there. Interesting. Today we're going to talk about the Willow Island disaster, the collapse Ooh. of a scaffold while building a cooling tower in uh, at the Pleasance Power Station in West Virginia. Doesn't sound so we'll say, to me. Just on the name, the Willow Island disaster sounds a lot more sort of like 18th century and piratical. You know, it sounds like 50 guys fell into a hole trying to oh, dig for does. buried treasure. The death pit, yes. Well, yeah. 50 guys did fall into a hole. Digging for it buried was a treasure. Hole of yeah. their own creation. Mm, right. Ah. <laughs> First, we have to do the goddamn news. Oh, hey. Uh, so I just noted what the Chiron for. For slide three says, Mom, I'm sorry, it. I didn't put this in. <laughs> Don't she worry yells about at it. me when I use that word. I'm like half Scottish, I'm allowed. Uh, yeah, you're allowed, but uh, Mom, if you're listening, that's all Alice, that's not mm -hmm. Liam. It's all me, I write the, the um, Chirons apart from this one. The Chira, I guess? It would be a Kyra. So uh, Philadelphia uh, has, in our, in our race to imitate New York, uh, we we don't even have a, a bus terminal anymore. Go on the street. Yeah, we oh. got rid of the the, the Philadelphia <laughs> bus terminal shut down. That's and now it's all it's all curbside buses. But you uh, have mega bus too. That's yeah, fucking depressing, dude. That that's yeah. something we didn't need to export to you. Yeah, mega bus has been here for ages. Oh god. Um, but yeah, so uh, all of East Market Street is now solid uh, intercity buses. Lawless uh, bus hellhole. Yeah, you can't go anywhere anymore. This bus town. Um, this is a bus district. You can't. You can't transfer to uh, other buses because I mean you oh, can, but you. you just sort of sit there on the sidewalk for four hours if you have a connection in Philly. If you're taking Greyhound, um, ironically, all these buses are blocking the bus lanes. Yeah. Um, NJ different kinds of buses. Is, is, yeah, yes. it's it's incredible. You great, gotta great sort of like have a very, like looking at buses. <laughs> very sort of deterministic view of what a bus is to be like, no, there's there's bus in my bus lane, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's too much bus in the bus lane. <laughs> Adult human bus. <laughs> <laughs> you were assigned uh, I, a bus at New Jersey. Yes. I I, I liked what Inga, Inga Saffron said. She didn't miss mince words and just said, This is a humanitarian disaster. Um <laughs> Yeah, why? Well, truly, though, like yeah, I, I like, think we need the UN to come in and like occupy. We need the UN. We, we need some blue helmets. We need some blue helmets. We're, on the we're, a, we're already a UNESCO. Yo, UNESCO troops. Yes. Oh, we are gonna protect culture by force. 
But the uh, yeah, so uh, I kind of thought that bit would land a little better. Okay. Greyhound, uh, Greyhound was bought by I believe Flixbus, and Flixbus has decided to sell off all of Greyhound's real estate holdings. So this is what's happening around the country right now. It's just that Philly is a big hub, and no one thought that you could, you know, take a big bus station and move it all to five parking spots. And it turns out you can't. No, it's um, a horrible <laughs> idea. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's a really bad idea. Um, but we, we, we are reaping the consequences of this. And that, that, that bus station is now going to be redeveloped into uh, either some kind of stupid building or the new shitty Sixers arena. Um, you know, I, I'm actually... Uh, I, I think you and I agree on this, Roz, regarding whatever they're calling it, Sixers Place, which yeah. is it's fine where it is. Yeah, they should uh, just keep the keep all that shit in the sports complex. Is. That's what I don't understand is people are like, well, it's be more accessible by transit. The one's accessible by the Broad Street line now. Yes. Or yeah, we, we go old school and they have to play all their games at the Palestra. What mm. if they put it, they, 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 they could do like a FedEx field situation where they build they build a new stadium. And is really far from the Broad Street line. And if you walk there, you still have to pay for parking. I'm going to punch Dan Snyder right in his damn face. <laughs> <laughs> Check this shit out. Put the whole stadium underground, save you the space at street level. You can just put the oh. buses on top of that. They play under a bus station. I mean, I'm fine with that, given that the Sixers exist to break my heart. Play in yeah. the vault. Play in the yeah, vault I, tech I, arena. I believe, I believe Joel Embiid should be punished uh, mm, yeah. because he has not delivered us from the second round Under yet. the ground. Play under the ground. Yes. Into the hole you go, Joel. <laughs> well, they have, they have indoor stadia, so clearly it's a solved problem. You can do this. Why does it have to be on a certain, like, Z-level? Don't the Swedes have like uh, a stadium that's built inside a mountain? Oh, probably moose fucking oh, freaks that they are. Hey, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mia, I didn't mean it. Please, please don't beat me up with your like self. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mia's too tall. She's uh, like six seven. It's incredible. I love that woman. That's pretty tall. Yeah, genuine. I'm sorry, I called her by implication. You know, on a sort of a national level, a moose fucking freak. Uh. God damn it, Alice. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I mean, it's a comedy podcast. I'm trying to fill time. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah. Uh, Take a train. Except you yeah, can't. This because is, this is just cut this whole bit out. I don't want to like, yeah. eliminate a, like, a, a, like, a lovely friendship because of yeah, like... We've, we've, uh, we've, we've, uh, we've, because we've me caused, and we'll stop uh, fucking Meese. Moose. <laughs> meese. Meese. Yeah. I just, I, I know it, the plural of moose is moose, but I always say meese instead because I think it's meese, funny. Yeah. Meese. Wildebeest. It's a big on rain, reindeer up there. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah reindeer, so it's good. Uh, I think I had reindeer once. I was in Norway. Uh, Is that when you were in Bergen? Uh, no, it was probably when I was in Oslo. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. I didn't like it, but I was much more of a picky eater back then. So You're you still know. a picky eater. No, I'm not. I know. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Oz, podcast Oz where we just, we just say some things that we cannot substantiate <laughs> yeah. about the nation. Well, we can make about up shit about each other. Yeah. About ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you guys, I don't know if you know this, I'm actually 14 and a half feet tall. I just wow. punched real bad. Cool, I didn't know you were uh, Swedish. I actually am part Swedish. Uh, my grandfather... I guess uh, Anderson, yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Which should have been a clue. Yeah, yeah. Son, son of Anders. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I, I like snooze so much. I, 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 I long to return to my ancestral home and shoot Russians and and just consume Not snooze. a thing. Not a thing. You're thinking of Finland, Sweden, and Russia. Last time they were at war was like Peace of the Great or some shit like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we're gonna bring it back, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's no. I was I was riffing on your your you know your Scandinavian heaven joke. That oh I really yes, liked. yeah, yeah. Thank that's you. That's what yes. I was riffing on. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that's that's a very Finnish energy to be like. Uh, I, I live in the snow. I have shot everyone I have ever met, uh, or anyone who's come <laughs> within five hundred feet of me. Uh, do, do not speak to me. <laughs> thirty thirty in one hand and a bottle of vodka in the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So this is a rare case of uh, bus bad. Hey, you know what, um, though? Sweden, right, kept trying to attack St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg now, in Russia, quite bad for trans people, uh, and the Swedes had halberds. What they were trying to do, displaced in time a bit, protect trans kids with halberds. So, you know, Kingdom of Sweden, critical support, right? Gustavus Adolphus, he was onto something. Gustavus Adolphus threw a mouthful of snooze and the worst licorice you've ever had in your entire fucking life. We must protect trans kids. That's right. Yeah. To the front, man, like spinning all over himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, it, uh, if if you run a city, make sure you have an intercity bus terminal because otherwise, bad stuff will happen. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have this shit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think the only, like, the two cities on the East Coast that actually mandate bus companies use the terminal are Boston and Washington, D.C. And it turns out if you don't actually codify into law that bus companies have to use the bus terminal, they do this shit. Port Authority? Port Authority is not mandated. A lot of, oh, lot of, okay, yeah, okay. And, and there's a lot of bus companies that are moving out of there. Yeah, like the Chinatown going to the, buses the don't go there. The, center and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah just, you're right. You're, you're right. Yeah, they just they just pull up to the Javits Center and then they they kick you off like a big. Boot. And they make you vote for Hillary Clinton. Yes. They hold a gun to your head and say, "It's the future." So, uh, yeah, intercity bus terminal, good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Heard this in- when 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 with halberds and when codified by law. Yes, yeah. it, you know it's it's a good example of uh, like uh, road transport is moving a lot of people on a bus. Not as good as a train, but it's still it's, yeah. it's pretty good. It's okay. You should if do you, it more. If you uh, if you have an intercity bus terminal, you will not wind up making fun of your Swedish friends on your podcast. <laughs> you, know, you probably still will. Yeah, you probably still will. It just kind of slips out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm genuinely other, so sorry. In other news. I didn't write this headline, Mom, you can't get mad at me. Alice did it. <laughs> this one's all me. So, as we see here, United Airlines Flight 20 traveling from Houston to Amsterdam. It's a flight of like, I don't know, like nine hours or some shit like that. Two hours yeah, in. Probably, gotta be like 12 hours or something. Mm, it's it's well, a long flight, you know. Two hours in, a mere two hours in. They start serving, uh, I guess, dinner, and a guy in seat 11G in business class, and business class on this flight is like $7,000, by the way. Um, like, nice business class, yeah. Yeah, 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 like, like sort of, I, I don't even know if they had first on this, but like, if not first, and like, very close to it. Uh, kicks off with the flight attendant about not being able to get his first choice of meal between three choices of meals. Um, 
salmon, ribs, and pasta. I'm not sure which one he was willing to like go to bat for. Um, and so they put out the alert for like a disruptive passenger. They had to fly around in circles, dumping fuel all over Lake Michigan for like an hour and a half, uh, and then land in Chicago, get the guy off the plane to get arrested, and then refuel and fly to to Amsterdam. Uh, it was like oh, a. I would be a fucking. I I. Yeah. I would I would strangle that man to death with my bare hands. Keep the corpse on the plane. We are making it to Amsterdam. Yeah, and then genuinely. also take this flight to Cuba. It's a triple seven. That probably did have uh, uh, that. Uh, that's probably a three class setup. Yeah, um, something about United Airlines makes people go crazy. I don't know nine why. Flight, I, man. Yeah, I mean, it's long. It's got to be longer than nine hours. I just I'm looking, I'm looking at spot. I'm looking at radarbox.com. Duration: nine hours two minutes, nine hours thirteen minutes, nine hours nine minutes. Well, this one wasn't nine hours. Ross, I'm good. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> right. the The lesson is, you have a duty as mm-hmm. an economy flyer yeah. to do class war. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to. And like, this is one of the three times you can do it. Disruptive passenger, you can just be like, uh, I thought he was going to 9 11 us. I had the position. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought he air was. Marshal. Yeah. Civilian air marshal. Deputize yourself in that moment yes. as an air marshal yeah. and be like, I yes. thought he was going to 9 11 to the Sears Tower. Yeah. We had to positional asphyxia him. We had to do yes, it. I, I, uh, I, I, I I'm not feel... sorry for anything as I stand over his corpse eating a rib. Yeah, I, I, I sealed carry through TSA. You can probably do it. That's fucking useless. <laughs> yeah, it's the Wild West. And this is the other thing, right? I, yeah. I've been thinking about this for a while. I know my rights. I know my rights. I know my rights. As the air marshal flings you to the ground, yes. So, like, ever since COVID, right, particularly, no one knows how to behave in public anymore. No, like, you're it, absolutely yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's, it's always been bad, but, like, we, like, if you lock down or t- at all or whatever, that inflicted such a fucking psychic wound, right, that now no one knows how to be in public anymore, and everybody's just a fucking animal. Like, genuinely, yes. the, the rate of, like, disruptive passengers has gone way up since COVID. It's been going up every year since it started. Uh, and, like, now it's, like, a some, like, one in 200-something flights, which is a lot of fucking people, considering how many flights are in the air at any one time. Um, people freak out crazy. on planes. They all drive worse than they used to. Oh, they all Everything. drive worse. Yeah. They, they uh, like shout and throw shit at the theater. They, they throw shit the at L. concerts. They, they, they smoke throw shit on at concerts. That's, that's smoking yeah. on the L. Smoking it, on the L. You should yeah. be executed in public. You should be dragged behind the train as your method of execution. Yeah, I get to wear a big top hat, and my wax mustache, and I get to personally run you over with the L. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? I was I was on the subway here, uh, like a few months ago, and a guy was like uh, smoking meth on the subway across from me. I'm like, I okay, I I've never done meth, right? I understand it's quite Moorish, right? I, yeah, I know, but I I understand that like it makes you quite so, like keen to have more meth. Yes, that's kind yeah, of how it works. but like to the point that you you can't get off the train first and find like oh, like yeah an, absolutely it an alcove really or something me. it just yeah it just just rude really to be honest. So yeah, no one knows how to act in public anymore. I I mean yes. I it, it's really it's really grim and bad, and I I don't know why. Um, but, I think this guy should be required to pay for the fuel that was dumped in Lake Michigan. 
Yeah, I I buy that. <laughs> Especially like what Alice mm-hmm. said is 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 actually it's it's almost more depressing where you realize this guy, unless he was flying with points, paid thousands of dollars to throw a temper tantrum. Yeah, fully. He paid like nine thousand dollars to waste hours of his own time and get arrested. Yeah, I know exactly uh, what this fucker did too. Because I have flown United First Class. You're supposed to select the meal before you get on the flight. In fact, hours before, so the mm. catering truck knows what to bring. And this guy probably just didn't do that. And then he got mad because he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I I have flown uh, first class courtesy of uh, uh, an airline credit card a couple of times. I. Uh, and I, I was flying. I got an upgrade to first class. I was flying home from Orlando. Uh, you can guess where in Orlando I was. Uh, and I, the 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 stewardess or a flight attendant was just like, "Oh, can I get you a drink?" And I had like, because I'd been on vacation, been drinking quite a lot. And I was like, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, let me just get like a, a scotch on the rocks." This lady, and I don't know if it was her pouring the drinks or what, heard that and was like half a gallon of scotch directly into his mouth. Got it. And I got a glass, six to eight ounces of scotch. And I was like, no wonder people disrupt flights. Like I might disrupt and take this plane to Cuba. <laughs> I, I, mean, I do like I, all the I, I signs it, that have gone like, up in PHL that mm. are like, stop taking your alcohol on flights. That's not a carry on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is like, it's, it's, two things at once, right? Is on the one hand, no one knows how to behave anymore. And on the other, all of the stuff that like you would want to behave in has gotten way worse to the point that oh, yeah. it's like way more of an imposition for you to like be normal. Uh yes. and there's there's shit that does like annoy you and provoke you and stuff. But like if if I murdered everybody who like ate crisps on trains, uh, you know, I I would go to prison and Oh, we we yeah. So yeah. I told Roz this once. Uh, many years ago, I was I was dipping on a train, and the guy mm. sat next to me and was like, "That's disgusting," and got up and and like went to another seat. And Roz goes, "What? You weren't spitting it into his mouth?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, um, yeah." So you know, no one knows how to be normal in public, and they're also no. making it much harder to be normal in public. Yeah. So um. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited taking for, Greyhound, I guess. I, I'm excited. Well, yeah, because you can't do that either because, um, you know, you have to sit out in the rain for five hours to get the bus. And uh, Greyhound bus was just involved in an accident that killed like 13 people. Hmm. Ah, fun. Yeah, so instead uh, of the podcast. Uh, well, that's better, than, that's better than uh, that one time that uh, the guy cut the guy's head off and then cannibalized him on the bus or whatever the fuck that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was in um, uh, New York State, right? Oh, no, no, it was Canada. Yeah, it was, it was like Toronto. Yeah, I, don't Canada, yeah. I don't want to know. That, that, yeah. That's pretty high on the Liam Fear Index. Yeah. <laughs> Getting your head cut off and cannibalized on the bus. I mean, I, I, you know what, though? I was, I, not to toot my It's only ever happened to one person. Yeah, well, I was at Drexel Grand yesterday. Grand has a pretty good record of that not I'm happening just saying, otherwise. I'm just saying, like, I, listen, man, you know, I'm, I'm a big boy. I imagine I would be a sumptuous treat for a cannibal. Little fatty, but you know, I I imagine I'm sort of a wagyu type, very fatty and rich, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, you got like uh, that marbling, yeah, yeah. I got that nice marbling. Uh, please don't eat me. Uh, that's pretty high on the Liam Fear Index. All right, what is coal? Next slide, please. Yes. Uh, okay, that was the goddamn news. Uh, please remember to be normal in public.
Stop yeah. eating people on Greyhound buses. I, 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 have, put, I have put ScoMo uh, in here to trigger yeah. some Australians. ScoMo um, in Scomo. the slides. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about what, what is coal. Um, What's coal? Crack off, be fucking coal, mate. <laughs> yeah, Je- well, this is the thing. He brought a lump of it into the into the parliament in order to say, rack off me fucking coal. Um, nice. I, I like the idea of taking coal and just like threatening people with it. Yeah. It's like, you hey, you, 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 yeah, I'm going to beat you up. I'm, I'm uh, like see, reverse Scomo, Santa Claus. So, Scott Morrison, he didn't really have the like the ability to threaten people. So he's just sort of like holding out the lump of coal in a sort of like gestural way, a bit like a sort of like skull of Yorick, right? Where he's just like, yeah, do it, consider, you know, coal. Coal. Oh, I, I should just carry a lump of coal with me at all times. That'd be you fun. are you are Polish. Your people do belong in the mines. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that rudely. I know that you yearn for the mines, Roz. It's true. Um, I'm the I'm the guy I'm the guy with the coal mining enthusiast hat. Um, that it, after the revolution is being told, I have to be a poet. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to. I, I yearn for the mines. <laughs> yeah. Can I write poetry about the mines? And they say no. You just no. Not. Sadly, walk away. <laughs> so, uh, what is coal? It's the rack that burns. Mm. Uh, it's made out of old plants uh, that were underground before bacteria figured out how to make them into oil. Yeah, so you get a you get a forest. It collapses into a peat bog. The peat bog collapses into uh, like a seam of coal, and then you you know uh, you dig oh, it out of the ground. Yes. You dig it out of the ground. You burn it, and then your house is warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different grades of coal. There's bituminous coal. There's anthracite coal. There's brown coal. There's all kinds of coal. Anthracite, Colas, interestingly you know. named, given that it the, the it comes from the Greek for coal, which is anthrakis. So it's coalish coal. Yeah, it's 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 more coal than coal. It's the it's the really mm. good coal. But we're not going to talk about the really good. What's coal. colder than coal? Ice coal. <laughs> Hello. Uh, oh. Okay. It deserved a um, love and a boo. Like, yeah, uh, if, you, if you think that's a sort of curiously like bi level response, uh. thank you, Alice. So the the um uh the thing about coal is you burn it, and you get energy from it. You can use it to heat your house. Mm-hmm. You could use it to power a steam locomotive. You could use it to power a stationary steam engine. You could use it to you do all kinds of things by burning coal. One of which is to generate electricity. Right. Yes. So how do you do that? As with all electricity, we have not figured out a smarter way to do it than make thing turn thing. Yeah, yes. you, spicy rock. It, it, it's it's always uh, it's always you spin a fan, right? <laughs> yeah. So you take the coal, uh, and a lot of times, you know, you dump it off at the power plant. The power plant a lot of times has like a, a big pulverizing system that turns it into like a fine dust. That dust is put into a furnace. They they burn the dust in the furnace. And then there's what's called a uh, water tube boiler, usually, uh, where water is heated into super high pressure steam, right? That steam is fed into a turbine. Um, That turbine spins around, it spins a dynamo, and the dynamo creates electricity that then goes out down the wires, and then it goes into your house, and then you can turn your toaster on, right? Um, But you do have an issue with these systems, which is that after the steam goes through the turbine, it loses some heat, but it doesn't lose enough that you can send it back around again, mm. right? Because otherwise you get a lot of back pressure 
which means it doesn't move efficiently. This is the difference uh, between like a, a closed cycle and an open cycle power plant, right? Like in, in a nuclear yeah. context too, yeah. Yeah, so you know, usually the uh, the 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 actual water that goes through the turbine is recirculated, uh, but you do need to condense it back into water before you can use it again as steam. It's one of those things about the Carnot heat cycle is that you know you get more efficiency the higher the change in temperature. Um, so what do you do about that? Is you have a big condenser, right? And in order to reject heat from the steam, you have other water that goes through. It goes in, it gets hot, and then it goes out, hmm. right? Sure. So, you know, this is this is sort of a, a very common way of doing it. And then coal power, um, coal power plants, uh, weirdly, were kind of marginalized until the 1970s, when coal got really cheap. Before that, everyone was into nuclear and hydropower. Um, this is uh, one of those things about why, why, how did we kill the United States nuclear industry? Uh, it was coal. It wasn't environmentalists. Yeah. It was because well, you didn't have hippies. <laughs> you didn't have hippies to be like Atomkraft nine Danker. You you had to have like uh, coal guys instead. Yeah, yeah. Over there, it was you know over there in Germany, it was coal too. I mean, you know, coal mm. just got really cheap real quick. Um, Seems through stuff bad. like the me the powder river basin or in germany you got the big brown coal mines you know with the giant bucket wheel excavator that eats a mm, town yeah um, you know with the people still in it screaming in german <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so one of the things is that if you want to use this water it gets hot and that causes environmental pollution right um you know it, it, it causes lots of problems um so ideally, you want to cool down that water before returning it to the environment. Um, so you need you need a system for this, right? Mm. Um, so your early, you know, thermal coal power stations, they just dumped it back in the river it came from, and that sort of sterilized the river, which is not ideal. Um, so one of the earliest solutions here was something called a cooling pond like this. This is Lake Anna in Virginia. I believe it's near a nuclear power plant, actually. Uh, you have a big lake, right? And you take the water in at one end and you put it out at the other end and there's sort of a, you just let it cool on its own, right? Um, these things tend to be very popular as like swimming holes. because you know, going to say, it's not even slightly lake. radioactive and it's nice and warm. Exactly, right? You know, you can go out on a boat on it and so on and so forth. Um, but if you don't have room for that, you build something oh. called a cooling tower, right? Mm. It's interesting to me that these are always sort of like um, like the symbol for pollution if you're in a hurry, right? It's not even a smokestack, it is a cooling tower. It's a cooling right. tower, yeah, which is actually a pretty benign structure, all things considered. Mm. Um, so here you're, you're rejecting the heat into the atmosphere rather than into the water. Right. So one option is you have this. This is a mechanical cooling tower. It has big fans on the top. Right. That huh. sort of you have like essentially the hot water comes down in sort of a waterfall on the outsides of the box. Right. And then um, air is forced in and is drawn out by the big fan uh, and then goes out the top. So the hot air comes out the top and the water is cooled as it recirculates through the whole unit. Right, that requires energy input, though um, mechanical energy input. Right, mm. 
hamster on a wheel next to the cooling tower. Exactly. A um, lot of hamsters on a wheel. Big, <laughs> one big, big really big hamster. Yeah. I believe a really big hamster is a... Um, like a capybara? No, no, no. Yeah, bigger than that. Bigger than that. Like yeah. a 500 oh. foot hamster. Which I right, do kind of right. want to pet now is the thing. Clifford the big red hamster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you don't want to supply mechanical and uh, um, effort, you can also build something called a hyperbolic natural draft cooling tower. Oh, boy. Mm, so which are these this, guys here. This, this cool shape. Sort of like yes, uh, yeah, kiln-looking thing. Yeah, real big, really, really big, right? But it's just a big open cylinder, not a cylinder, a hyperbolic shape. Um, inside, there's like sprinklers. The sprinklers sprinkle water all through the entire structure. The hot water, the hot water, of course, creates hot air. The hot air rises. It comes out the top of the tower. Um, and as that hot air rises, it forces cool air to come in through the bottom, which is open, uh, which then further cools that water. So this is, this is just, just simply through the chimney effect here. Uh, you, you are creating a, a, a strong air current, which cools the water, right? I wonder what it's like to be like near one of these when it's in operation, you know? Uh, uh it's, uh, it's probably a lot of wind. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool. I don't know. Might be cool. Deadly, go to Limbrick. Yeah, yeah. You might have some kind yeah. of yeah. You might have some kind of psychological experiment being performed on you, like in that movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be like the end of Brazil. You might be getting it's tortured the end of in there. Brazil, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, who knows? Yeah, that's the thing that uh, that's the thing that really keeps the power plant running. Um, is the guy being tortured in the center of the cooling oh, tower? Yeah, the ones who walk away from a malus. I, I, I guess I like the idea that like uh, we're not very well equipped to deal with the sort of like the shape of room that a cooling tower describes, uh, and yeah. we just like we get in there and we're like, "Ooh, this makes me anxious." Uh, I, I quite like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that shape does not appear in nature, man? By mm. by volume, it's uh you know just a very very large structure which is visible for miles and miles around. These things are gonna be, you know, three hundred four hundred feet tall. You know they're 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 they have massive diameters. I mean they're you know these these are elemental shapes which you know you know they appear on the horizon long before anything else. I mean yeah, Limer nuclear laser. generating Limerick, station. Yeah. You, you can see for uh, that's the nuclear power plant near Philly. You can see that that power plant and uh, the cooling tower and the giant cloud of steam, you know, for like 40, 50 miles around if you're in the right spot. They're fully um, going to like future archaeologists are going to be like, oh, they put their kings in here, you know? No, yeah, no, exactly. just, well, just a really no, big hamster. They'll probably <laughs> like really note, big hamsters next to a these. really big hamster like running around the inside. <laughs> Hi, it's Justin. Uh, so this is a commercial for the podcast that you're already listening to. Uh, people are annoyed by these, so let me get to the point. We have this thing called Patreon, right? The deal is you give us two bucks a month, and we give you an extra episode once a month. Uh, sometimes it's a little inconsistent, but, you know, it's two bucks. You get what you pay for. Um, it also gets you our full back catalog of bonus episodes, so you can learn about exciting topics like guns, pickup trucks, or pickup trucks with guns on them. 
The money we raise through Patreon goes to making sure that the only ad you hear on this podcast is this one. Anyway, that's something to consider if you have two bucks to spare each month. Uh, Join at patreon.com forward slash WTYP pod. Do it if you want. Or don't. It's your decision, and we respect that. Back to the show. But, uh, yeah, so these these uh, cooling towers are needed at all kinds of thermal power plants if it runs on, you know, it, it, whether it runs on, let's say, you know, uh, coal or nuclear or some kind of biomass or, you know, it, it, even certain kinds of natural gas plants. Yeah, because we haven't um, worked out a better way to generate power than spin wheel. And to spin wheel, right. you need steam not, and you need to condense the steam. Not yes. a very bright species, unfortunately. <laughs> no. So here, here's a power plant. This is Pleasant's Power Station. It is in West Virginia. It's and on you, the Ohio you, River. You see why people are like Atomcraft 9 Danker? Because you're like, what's, what the fuck is that coming out of the top of that giant, terrifying shape? And it's like, it's st- yeah. that's clouds. It's a cloud. It's, cloud. Steam. it's a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cloud uh, machine. Blowing mad, mad clouds. Mm-hmm. Just a big vape, really. Yeah, genuinely. I mean, I, I I fully believe that like we would have more nuclear power plants if we just painted the cooling towers around the outside sure. instead of like yeah. leaving them as they are, which looks slightly terrifying. You have a big smiling atom on the side. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> Harness the power of the sun. Yeah. Power of the atom, I should say. Yeah. Well, so, well, I mean, sun's got atoms in it, doesn't it? Sure. <laughs> there had been a pair of power stations on this site previously, right? Um, but by the 1970s, we had these extremely cheap coal prices. The Allegheny Energy Company decided they wanted a new big power plant, right? Mm. So Pleasant's power station was designed. It had two large generating units. Uh, the whole station was capable of generating 1.3 gigawatts of power, right? It's a lot. Um, yeah, this is near the town of Willow Island. There's a dam. You can get the coal on a barge, which means it's cheap. Um, you know, uh, it's West Virginia, so the labor is cheap. Uh, this is sort of, I want to say, downriver of um, what you call it, Wheeling. Uh, so yeah, this is a great place for supplying electricity to growing regions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly when this thing started construction. But we also have to talk about concrete, right? <laughs> one of our one of our favorite materials. Yes. Yes. What is concrete? That's kind of cement. No, it's not Damn. cement. Damn, it's different from Fuck. cement. Shit. Don't say cement when you meet concrete. Uh, it just, makes me mad. It makes me unhappy. It does make it mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a factually true statement. Yes. Concrete is made of several ingredients. You have water, you have cement, you have what the, what the, what the fuck is and cement? If you g- cement is uh, a binding agent. Cement is the chemical that actually makes the concrete stick to itself. Okay. Yeah. So you have like Portland cement. You have like you know all these other. It's it's sort of uh, the 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 fine dust that reacts with water to turn the whole thing into a rock. Um. So yeah, you have water, you have cement, you have your aggregate, which is like sand and gravel, 
and you have admixtures, which is anything else you stick in it, right? Mm. Um, Romans invented concrete, then we forgot how to make it, then we remembered how to make it. <laughs> I forgot um, to remember to forget. Yeah. Yes. Um, now, concrete, you know, you pour it as a liquid into some kind of form, and then it starts to cure, right? So it will reach its final strength in 28 days. They made a film about it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it will reach some kind of adequate strength where you can work on it much more quickly, right? If you are, um, like, you're putting a building up or you're putting up some kind of continuous pour structure, like a dam, like uh, uh, something else like that, where, where, you know, I have to, I want to pour a lot of concrete very quickly. I don't have to wait for the concrete to reach final strength. I can wait for the concrete to reach pretty good strength and then keep working. Mm. Um, a lot of times today, that's seven days. Um, but, uh, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, you know, and then concrete is, you know, there's lots of properties about it that you can measure in various scientific ways. But, of course, the fun one on the job site is you do the slump test. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. You put the concrete in the cone. And then, and then um, you level it off on top, and then you take the cone off, and then you measure how far it slumps. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious why it has uh, high impact violence and sex <laughs> <laughs> on this. It's a very, a very sexual yeah. slump test. Yes, oh, this yeah. is, uh, this is uh, for, for those of you on the audio version of this podcast, there's a picture here of famous EA Sports title, Slump Test. 2018 uh slump dog millionaire if you will for uh for mm. ps4 um so yeah concrete is you know it's a building material it's pretty good we use it for a whole lot of stuff there's some but you know you you, you can't instantly like say well we poured the concrete and i can walk on it it's hard uh we can immediately cons uh, keep working on other stuff on the building Mm. or whatever whatever it is you're you're putting up right sure and this means for you know a structure like a cooling tower you have to wait a while before you can you know each layer you build you should wait a while before you build the next layer and you um, have to remember when you poured it as well which yeah that's, that's usually a good idea we can't we can't even keep track of that in restaurants sometimes it's mm. So anyway, the point, or the, the, the Pleasance Power Station cooling tower was built with a patented jump form system. Ooh, lovely diagrams. Yes. Oh, Took me a while to figure out what's going on. I'm still not sure what's going on. That's okay. We never do anyway, buddy. But this is sort of a, <clears throat> this is sort of a, um, so a jump form is when I'm building some kind of structure out of concrete that has like a relatively constant shape up and down, some kind of vertical structure. Mm. So rather than build formwork for the whole thing, I pour the concrete into forms. And then once that is cured sufficiently, I jump the frame up to the next location oh, and pour okay. the concrete again. 
So it's like a flying scaffold where it's like it's hanging yeah. off of the bit that's like it's not done yet, but it's done enough to sustain the weight of the scaffold and what's above it. Yes. And then as as it, you know, it as you get to the bit above that, it's like cured enough that it's you know, okay, sure. So it's a lot of yeah, maths, so just, but I get what's going on. It's elegant, even. Yeah, but you just keep you just keep you know jacking it up, you know, once every once <laughs> yeah. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so the jump forms on this were a patented design from a company called Research Cottrell, mm. right? That sounds um, foreboding, man. They're from Somerville, New Jersey. That yeah. sounds foreboding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And so because the hyperbolic shape of the cooling tower is fairly complicated, this required a lot of stuff that could be adjusted and, you know, changed around as you went up and down the, um, or as you went up the cooling tower. Um, cause you know, you had to redo the formwork to adjust for the diameter. You had to do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, back and in the day, you, had, you develop a whole cult around this and you end up with like masonry or whatever with the guys who can do those maths. Now it's just like, oh, it's some guys in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> I think they should have a cult. I think they're entitled to have a cult, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not, man? So, like, each day you come in, you adjust the formwork for the new diameter, um, they shove the scaffold up five feet, you pour the new concrete, uh, and then you go home. Right? Um, the thing is secured by anchor bolts, which are driven through the more cured concrete. Uh, you have these big gantries on top, the cat head gantry, and there is a static line here on which there's a pulley, and then this other line where they bring big buckets of concrete up. And you can see this is a vertical diagram here, our plan diagram. There's the concrete truck drives up into the central loading station, and that's where they load these buckets of concrete right huh. and then they're hauled up um now so and each time they move the jump form it's called a lift right so the first ring of concrete you pour that's lift one the second one's lift two so on and so forth each one's five feet uh so this patented system relied on sort of a delicate balance of mm. everything yeah, it's it's really impressive, but it's also like a kind of like watching a symphony, you know? Yeah, a lot of shit going on, a lot of moving parts. So essentially, the 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 theory here was that you would be able to do a pour each day. Mm. I tell you um, what, I would watch the fuck out of a time lapse of this oh, film same. from like a drone oh, yeah, or yeah, something. Be, you know, be pretty oh, good, cool. yeah. But the whole system had to be balanced to avoid overloading the freshly poured concrete. Mm. And it's not um, so linear had, either because of the shape of the thing, right? So yes, exactly. Um, now, uh, so so all these lines provide some stability, um, but you know you have to load the concrete in a specific order to avoid overloading part of the thing. Um, you know, and the, uh, it was very complicated. It had a very good safety record, though. There was nothing that was like especially um, uh, worrying about it to this point. Sure. At mm. least as far as anyone knew. And so this scaffold, it also, there's there's a top level where you're pouring the concrete. There's some lower levels where you're finishing the concrete, you're grouting stuff, so on and so forth. So it's a pretty big structure. Um, and gets progressively more terrifying being up on that scaffold. As, as oh, you continue yeah. going up, obviously, it gets uh, much, uh, you're much higher up. 
uh, and you're much, uh, you know, that's something that's good if you're afraid of heights, obviously. Right. So, yeah, this is how they were putting up this structure. So anyway, the first cooling tower got put up fairly quickly, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But not quick enough for Allegheny Power. Okay. Uh, They wanted to get the second cooling tower up as soon as possible. Always a fucking corporate guy. Gotta gotta rush it. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So they started. They started cutting some corners here. Uh, They and their subcontractor um, research. uh, What's it called? What what the hell was the company called? Research Cottrell, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cottrell. Yeah. So there. The workers are on lift 29, right? They're 165 feet in the air, 166 feet, really. Um, They're hoisting the concrete to the top of the tower in the morning of April 27th, 1978. Um, But they're not delivering it evenly because, you know, workers are at different, you know, stages of the construction process and they're trying to just get the thing done as quickly as possible this is not a problem because yeah yeah, once the once the concrete gets up there they load them into these things which are called georgia buggies oh i love these these are so Uh, cute uh, it's it's a little tiny yeah it's a little tiny it's shaped like a friend is what it is and you just drive that around the scaffolding to where you need the concrete, right? If, if you can't see it, it looks like a little tiny, like, tracked engineering vehicle for, with a bucket that just tips mm-hmm. stuff. It's great. Yeah, you just drive it around, you have a great time. Yeah. It's like, like, a, like a golf cart, but for concrete. And like this uh, is this is the seventies. You probably got up like some like this. some unhealth and safetyful shit in these oh, back in the day. Definitely, yeah. You're definitely doing some hijinks. You're doing some shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> it's big. Yeah. En- the bucket's big enough for like three dudes to ride in. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like nineteen seventies construction too. You know, it's like no one has safety clothing. No. Everyone's shirtless and short shorts. Yeah, it's um, all denim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't need a I don't need a harness if I fall I'm dead already. At once, yeah. yeah, whatever. I will we'll get to that. Oh god. Um, <laughs> I need a helmet because if anything falls on me, I'm dead already. Why do I need a hard hat? I'm on the top of the tower. There's yeah, nothing above me. Follow me. <laughs> Birds. But you know, in this rush to complete the tower as quickly as possible. The lower row of anchor bolts, which would have been bolted into lift 26 down here, which was at this point three days old, uh, they just didn't tighten them. They didn't oh, use good. them. It's yeah. finger tight. It's fine. You know? Yeah, exactly. Finger, finger tight. <laughs> you mean I have to go all the way downstairs and get the torque wrench? Yeah, I ain't going up. Yeah, I ain't going down there. There were 51 men working on the scaffold that day. So, around 10 a.m., the first load of concrete was hoisted towards the number four cat head, right? Mm-hmm. The number four cat head is here, if you look in the plan. So, they're hoisting it towards number four. Yeah. And then the second, the second load comes up pretty quickly afterwards, and they send it up to number five, because that was who was ready. Directly adjacent to directly adjacent so the north side of the cooling tower has all the concrete on it at this point we're bearing the load there oh boy and uh 
the number four cat head line went slack. Oh, dear. Lift 28 and the scaffold failed slowly and continuously in a counterclockwise direction all the way around the cooling tower. Oh, that I don't care for at all. Because, uh, no, like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> presumably, like, because of the point of moving the whole scaffold, you get up there with a crane, right? And you get down there yeah. with a crane. You see that thing, like, coming around towards yeah, like, you. around. To, towards uh, you, yeah. yeah. There was one emergency staircase. Um, oh, uh, oh yeah. Not, not much you could do there. No. So yeah, this this sort of the whole thing. Can you and can falls. you go down like a hundred and sixty five feet's worth of stairs in under a minute? That, that well, you're gonna you find out, wanna, I guess. Yeah, that point it's like maybe I take my chances sliding down the outside. You know, Whee! <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, world. This is the worst theme park ever. I, I'm riding the Georgia buggy down. Yeah. <laughs> Bury me with the Georgia buggy. Yeah, the, the Fast and Furious movies taught me that full damage doesn't hurt you if you're in a vehicle. So I'm going to get in the true. Georgia buggy and it's just going to like go at like terminal velocity and I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to be with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to put a, put a roll cage on there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the whole scaffolding falls inside the cooling tower. The people on the ground saw this happening. They all dove under the ramp where the concrete trucks uh, uh, dropped off the concrete. Um, they all survived. Quick but, thinking. Uh, I mean, really yeah, quick thinking. Really quick thinking, yeah. But uh, all 51 men on the scaffold uh, were killed, like, instantly. Yeah. This is, I believe, the worst construction accident in U.S. history. Jesus. Certainly West Virginia history. I think it's the worst sure. industrial accident of any kind in West Virginia history, which you'd think it'd have something it's to do a with pretty, coal mines. pretty impressive feat on it. So, yeah. I mean, what, yeah. The thing is, mining's been racking up disasters like, you know, lunch pail, day in, day out for, for decades, if not centuries. And then, you know, uh, along comes like working at height and just like wipes them all off the board. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, it's just complete uh, 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 new contender here, um, you know. <laughs> First round draft pick. The uh, the carnage was so complete that many of the men were only able to be identified by the contents of their pockets. Oh, it's uh, yeah. again very seventies. You know, no, it's no, no dental records, none of that shit, no DNA. It's like no. uh, it's no, certainly it's, not in West Virginia. Oh, no. don't do don't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, there's poverty there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've done uh, a, we've done a DNA uh, we, analysis, and like you, one you, guy died. It turns which out which guy which guy is <laughs> is smoking unfiltered palm malls, and it's just fucking all of them. Yeah, genuinely, yeah, he, it's like who has a photo of like whose wife and whose pocket, and who has like a union card that says what on it. And it's like, oh, fuck's yeah, sake. He's, he's the guy who only comes down from the holler to uh, work on the cooling tower. Um, and uh, mm. th this is a prototype of the guy they came up with on the Trillbillies who uh, had never heard of coronavirus but did know about the woke mind virus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, they bring in fire departments, rescuers come in from across West Virginia and Ohio. Uh, but there wasn't really much to be done. Right, you know? they've already been turned into pancakes. Yeah, he just goes Everyone sweep the basically floor got, at that point. They, they got killed basically instantly. Mm. Um, 
This is like crazy yes. how much the like how much higher the cooling tower gets, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. I guess it doesn't matter, you can't get any more dead, yeah, but like right. still. You know, I, I yeah, yeah, this is 166 feet right here, and you gotta figure that's gotta go up like that. You know? Yeah. It's gonna be like three three hundred and fifty feet tall when it's done. That's a big building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can see uh the scaffold just mangled pile of boards and oh know, that's uh, steel yeah. and yeah. yeah, you know. The the fall didn't kill you, the splinters will. Uh do we did anything change as a result of this about how we build Cooling towers. Well, there was the National Bureau of Standards investigation afterwards, which concluded something fairly obvious: the concrete hadn't had adequate time to cure. Oh, really? It was had it unable not? to wild. withstand. Yeah, one day turns out not to be enough. Oh, um, wow, I'm I'm shocked and amazed by that. I'm 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 so stunned I, by the memorial that you've put up here, which is. A, a cooling tower made a out of concrete. Tower, yes. that, that, that seems, seems a bit like, morbid. It's adding insult to injury, I feel. Right, right. Like, it, also, very weird to see like a cooling tower-shaped memorial. Uh, yeah, I don't it's like just, it. It's quite surreal. A yeah. square would have been fine. Yeah. They got the, the Home Depot garden center benches. Um, <laughs> God. But, um, so, you know, the National Bureau of Standards, which is the forerunner to today's National uh, Institute of Standards and uh, Testing, um, you know, they said, all right, the concrete needed more time to cure. Also, there were some modifications they made to the sort of Rube Goldberg scaffolding system, which compromised the safety and overloaded this undercured concrete. I'm just, I'm having uh, another West Virginia moment here, which is I'm seeing the number of shared surnames on, uh, yeah. on this plaque. Oh yeah, lots of steels. Yeah, lots of steels, lots of blowers. Um, so yeah, you just lose like I guess like five brothers, half uh, the family. Right. Yeah, half the family, right? Yeah. <sighs> um, and while justice was served, OSHA fined Research Cottrell one hundred and eight thousand dollars. That does not seem like enough money. Not very much money. He does. About like what seventeen hundred dollars per worker, yeah. Um, or no, twenty one hundred, some amount. It's it, it, like it, a it was a couple of Xboxes, a paltry right. fine. Um, mm -hmm. Right, about two thousand a worker. And it was sort of unclear how the scaffold system worked as well as it did for as long as it did without this kind of catastrophic failure. One expert just said it was dumb luck <laughs> ah. that they never overloaded it in this way. Just, just really good at like working in synchronization with each other by accident. Yeah, sure. if you, if you, as long as you performed the uh, expert ballet of hauling the concrete up there perfectly every single time, mm -hmm. if you sure. slip in the concrete fine. plie, you die. Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> sounds menacing and terrifying. Synchronized pouring. <laughs> I've watched that as an Olympic sport. Hell yeah, yeah! If you did it at ground level, I would watch the fuck out. You know how they have the like world police and fire games? They should have the world yeah. construction games. Show oh, me I that. Watch that. I watch it. Put, I, get I, I bet ESPN. that exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we got to sponsor one of those. And uh, here's the thing: there were no reforms that came out of this. 
okay. cool whatsoever. Um, they just didn't do everything, and it took uh, uh, it it took ten years and two buildings to collapse in Fairfax, Virginia, and Bridgeport, Connecticut, for any sort of OSHA standard around letting concrete cure sufficiently to be implemented. Right, um, and this is why today you're much more likely to do these pours like once a week rather than once a day. Is this why the U.S. is getting its shit kicked in by all of those time-lapse videos that's like, in China, they built a hospital in like six minutes, sort of thing? Uh, they're doing prefab on that. It's different. Um, okay. You know, because prefab, you know, you just you just let everything cure in a yard, and then you move it over there. Mm. It wasn't a gotcha, it was a genuine to, question. Yeah. I want to know why <laughs> China is kicking our asses at building hospitals. Oh, that's that's because they actually want to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The uh, problem is they wanted more. Um, um, <laughs> we we <laughs> just stopped doing super that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. so we we could do that if we wanted to. It's just that nah, nah. Well, that, no, that, why would we? Right? Why would we do it? A lot, lot more money be made in not building hospitals than building mm -hmm. hospitals. Well, see, that's the advanced um, kind of capitalism. It's why they're lagging behind with yeah. state capitalism. Exactly. You know? mm -hmm. What you, What you need to understand is the best way to make money is to do nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> do fewer episodes. Yeah, exactly. If we 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 could just sit here and watch the Patreon number go up and do some kind of arbitrage, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Instead, here we are. Here we are, products, like idiots, like fucking producing, assholes. Yes, yeah, like yeah making morons. product. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Should outsource this. <laughs> Yeah, we've AI right. generated the, the rest of the GPT hosted yeah. yes. Write me an episode. <laughs> as, as an AI language model. <laughs> I always hate when AI Justin says a date, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, February 32nd, 2048. <laughs> yeah. It's leap day. Yeah. It's super leap day. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, this was the worst construction accident in U.S. history, to my knowledge, and almost no reforms came out of it because... Construction workers' lives are not important. Don't matter, we don't, right? yeah, we, yeah, we don't care not. for that. Yeah. Um, they didn't even get the memorial until, um, you know, 20 years later. I mean, this is, this is something which I, I think a disaster which is almost completely forgotten about. I mean, it's, right. it's not something you hear in, like, the usual... Um, canon of engineering disasters you'll get in like you know college or something like that if you're right. studying engineering this is sort of something that was swept under the rug uh, something that you know just sort of I hadn't heard about it until a couple weeks ago and I was like damn that's really bad why don't we talk about this more wow um, you know and uh, yeah, you know, I guess because it happened in a rural area, uh, no one cares about West Virginia or that section of Appalachia at all. You know, it's sort of these horrible accidents are fact of life out there, especially on the Ohio River, on the Connor River, in the Chemical Valley, stuff like that. You know, it's it's uh, this is one of those sacrifice zones. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it's uh, permadeath it's is enabled <laughs> in Appalachia. Yeah. Right. If this happened, if this happened in like New York City, you know, you would, you would, you would have, uh, you know, memorials. Everyone would remember it because this happened, you know, on the Ohio River in the middle of nowhere uh, to people. Right. Poor who, people don't deserve yeah. the the dignity of a fucking memorial. That's, yeah, 
ridiculous. Although it's a stretch to call this memorial particularly yeah, dignified. This is, this is what we found at Home Depot that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do not put if if I if I die right. I don't want you to put a memorial out of concrete. Particularly if I died in a concrete related way, I don't want you to put a concrete memorial to the thing that killed me or that I died. Right. Working. No, don't worry, yeah. I got you. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I think it's kind of cool. I of think it'd be fun do. if they memorialized me with a concrete monument of the thing that killed me. Um, <laughs> yeah, concrete pizza boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that's milkshake now. Uh, milkshake giant has been concrete less. Glock. Yeah, exactly. The memorial of milkshake looming over me. <laughs> I'm buried uh, he's under actually like directing a... the podcast right now. Yeah. A giant concrete cat. Yes, buried, I'm buried under like a giant concrete diagram of like a like an occluded like heart vessel yeah. or something. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that'd be that'd be the the thing. If it was a medical thing, it'd be boring. If it was like a cool thing, then it'd be cool. If it was a cool thing. If you die, yeah. If if you do as uh, I I once saw one of those little like quirky professional humor things. Uh, if you do like a a badge, I once saw that said um support your local medical examiner. Die strangely. If you die strangely, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what did we learn? Absolutely nothing. Apparently, the, regulator, the regulators didn't learn anything either. Oh, I mean, no. you know, on purpose. It, it's it's weird how this accident was so bad and led to no real reform. Um, obviously, cooling tower is an unusual structure to build. It requires very uh, complicated and unique scaffolding. But you know, this is not this is something that was sort of no one really did anything after this happened. Yeah, right. do you think maybe it's like more known in like more specialized circles? Like, you know, fucking a uh, cooling cool, tower cool engineer tower monthly convention. has yeah. like a, you know, sort of in memoriam, yeah. like essay prize once a year or something? Yeah, that's gotta be, that's gotta be it if you're in the cooling tower trade magazine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't like when calling when I don't like when trade magazines sort of switch their names. Like when you know uh, the railway became like rail or whatever. When they started doing that, like no article, um, oh, yeah, increasingly like unspecific, like noun vaguely associated with the thing. So the cooling tower trade magazine is probably just called like cooling cool. or something. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool magazine. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe to Cool Magazine. Anyway. If you're building a cooling tower, don't show make sure the concrete to cure. human life, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, make it's, sure that uh, your construction workers are synchronized. You only build it once. You can afford to wait a bit for the concrete to cure. <laughs> Time is money, and that really is yeah. the problem. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. 50-50 chance of getting that, or... Normally, I would be shot for being Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to the applicable subset of Justin, Alice, Ye, Liam, and Guest. I don't think you're being clever. No, wrong. Yeah. Bzz, incorrect. <laughs> I have recently found your podcast and find your dark humor helpful for living in this totally rational society that isn't as weak as a bridge made of paper mache. Welcome. Yeah. Well, well, while I have a few possible safety thirds to contribute, as I have had many jobs in my life, my go-to story makes people never want to eat movie popcorn again. Ooh. 
To spare everyone that, I will instead regale you with oh, the tale my it. father told me when I started work as a chemistry stockroom clerk. No, oh, no, 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 no. Come back and email us with the popcorn one. I want to hear the yeah, popcorn one. Yeah, I want the one. popcorn one, yeah. My father went to college in the late 50s and was from a small farming community, so he worked hard to catch up to the more privileged people for whom Chemistry 101 was too basic to be interesting. But they were also too dumb to pass the test that would let you skip it. Hmm. Among those people was a student who we shall call Halfwit. (laughs) (laughs) Halfwit was mostly self-taught from chemistry journals, and thus his approach to lab safety was mostly fuck around and find out. It was a few weeks into the semester, and the class had gotten to chemical separation. Damn, they didn't let us do this in Chemistry 101. No. Um, Halfwit breezed through his assigned experiment and decided, since he finally had access to a separatory funnel and the chemical stores, that he was going to make iodine nitride. Why? Now, because it's fun. Yeah, okay. right. Now, iodine nitride is interesting because it doesn't really want to exist. Same. Therefore, oh, oh, that's depressing. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, we have a Patreon on autopilot. Yeah, we can do yeah exactly. We we're gonna we're gonna get a community strike. Please, <laughs> please keep subscribing to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I take just this lot, Patreon to Cuba. I got, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life. <laughs> I love you so much, buddy. Oh, thank you. All right, back to the popcorn that we don't get. Therefore, when dried. Iodine nitride explodes at the touch of a feather with a bunch of purplish brown iodine smoke. See attached. Oh, damn. Okay. In small quantities, and in this photo, it's detonating a few grams. This is a fun chemistry magic demonstration. But in large quantities, it can shatter glassware and make a lot of toxic iodine vapor. Hmm. Now, if this was the college I worked at, then he would have gone to the stockroom, asked for the materials, and then would have been told he didn't need any of that for the experiment. Yeah, your sort of chemistry armorer is like, I'm not issuing yes. you that. <laughs> no, you can't have that. Dream job, you know. But since this was the 50s, and this was a basic 101 class, the stores were just a cabinet. They kept stuff the students would need, with no stockroom clerk in sight. Needless to say, with such lax procedures, Halfwit proceeded to make about a hundred times the amount of iodine nitride shown in this photo, so he could show it off to all his friends. <laughs> Thankfully for my dad, while the college didn't have a clerk, it did have a lab teaching assistant checking on the students to make sure they got through the distillation all right. When the TA walked by, he saw that instead of the white crystals Halfwit was supposed to be making, the drying dish was filled with purple crystals. Oh, boy. He asked Halfwit if this was his product from the experiment, and Halfwit replied that he had already turned that in and that he was making iodine nitride. At this point, the TA dumped an entire bottle of water on the dish, pulled the fire alarm, and evacuated students from the lab. (laughs) (laughs) Heroic. Absolutely heroic. (laughs) Since the fire alarm had been... Ow. Ow. <laughs> the big the concrete thing of milkshake was, looms. Yeah. Yes, he's uh he he he's standing on my shoulder. He's getting in my face. He's gonna <laughs> lick my hair in a second. Um if you saw that photo on Twitter that I posted yesterday, he's doing that. Oh, oh there he is. Ah crap. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's in front, he's in front of me now. 
Since the fire alarm had been pulled. Since the fire alarm had been pulled, <laughs> everyone from the building is scratching himself on a microphone. <laughs> everyone from the building milled around outside for about a half hour waiting to go back to their experiments. Instead, they were ushered into the big lecture hall. There, the professors of the chemistry department explained that Halfwit had found out that the fastest way to get expelled in college history was to choose to manufacture explosives while messing around after finishing an experiment. They then delivered a long safety lecture about not making anything in lab other than what you were supposed Listen, to. Listen, is it a crime to be neurodivergent? Well, you're, right, you're just yeah. right. You Oh, what, learning's a crime now? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, self-taught. It's Montessori oh, chemistry. 1984, 1984. <laughs> We've always been at war with Eurasia. If you're if you're making something if you're only making the stuff you're supposed Google Ron Paul Revolution. <laughs> if, if you're only making the stuff that you are are in, are are supposed to, then how is it an experiment? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Are so you ever gonna learn anything? Free thinkers, <laughs> right? <laughs> the woke mind virus is ruining universities. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> Thanks Thank for all the laughs amidst the tragedy. Your faithful new listener, Paul. Thanks, Thank Paul. Paul. Please get back to us with the popcorn Thank you, thing ASAP. Yeah, we, we want the popcorn, the popcorn story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was fine. safety third. Shaky hands with danger. Our next episode will be on Chernobyl. Does anyone have any? Commercials before we go. Oh, listen to all of our other podcasts. Listen to Trash Future. Listen to Kill James Bond. Uh, listen to Ten Thousand Losses. Listen to Lions Led by Donkeys. Listen to uh, uh, Justin's YouTube channel. Do not Hell eat. Away. Zero Hell one. Away. Listen to Hell of a Ways to Die. Yeah. Yeah. Follow all of us on Twitter. Follow us all of us on Twitter too. Blue Sky. Follow all of us on Twitter three threads, etc. Uh, etc. Et et Do not yet. follow me on. No. You know what? <laughs> Fine. No. No. Threads uh, is the worst. Um, but I think yes. This is unusable, dude. Mm -hmm. Terrible. This cat has decided the microphone is his new scratching post. All right. Well, that's an episode. New host. Uh, Alice, go record Trash Future. Uh, recording Kill James Bond. Talking about Rambo Four. Oh. Ooh. Geez, it was I'm fucking terrible. For that. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, I'll feed us in.